Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello and welcome to Balloon Artist Podcast. Hi, I'm Zivi Kivi and today with me is Zoe Adams-Jones from the Gold Coast, Australia, from jazztrading.com. Zoe, you're actually a balloon distributor. It's so good to have you with us. Hi. Thank you. Hi, Zivi. It's so nice to be here. Well, I think it's uh, really interesting because we all struggle in our own ways during these times. And I think talking with you specifically as a balloon distributor, you, you distribute balloons by Qualitex and other things. You will tell us a little bit about your business soon. But uh, I think that your perspective is important because we all see ourselves listening to this show right now. We see our situation. We maybe hear some things on Facebook. You get to see, you serve a lot of people over there yeah. in the Gold Coast of Australia. So tell us a little bit, how did you become a balloon distributor? Let's just uh, introduce ourselves. Okay, sure. My husband actually worked for a distributor in the party and balloon industry about 12 years ago. He was, and uh, when we met, that's where he worked. And I worked in corporate jobs, flying all over the countryside, wasn't the most glamorous of lives. And I also didn't get to use my creative skills, which um, coming from a family of artists, my mum, my auntie and my grandfather were all painters and professional painters. They sold their works. I can't paint to save my life. But there's always been this love of colour and line and form and creating beautiful environments around myself. So I, I actually retrained in marketing and design. And I went to do a six-week contract with the company that my husband was working for and I stayed for a year and a half. So I ended up mainly working with retailers. Um, back then in Australia, there were a lot of party shops, a lot of retail stores and mostly mum and dad owned. And so I was working with them to introduce new products and get them to think about new designs with new product. And so I did my CBA and worked really closely with Pioneer. And my cat is going to come and visit. So I just have to apologize in advance. <laughs> we, I can see the cat, but we can't really yeah. see it. So <laughs> she likes a, to be part of, like, the, part of the show. Oh, sweet. And anyway, so look, I left and I went back to corporate. I was lured back into, into corporate childcare. And then I, oh, there she goes. And so I retrained and I did my digital marketing and design. And then I went out on my own. So I had a digital marketing consultancy business. It was just me and my husband in the background. And I wanted to work with small businesses because I was really frustrated throughout my experience in the balloon industry, particularly, that these people were in these stores creating these amazing works of art and really skilled, talented people. But when you looked at the digital extension of their business, it just, it really let them down. So I thought about what the challenges were. And I think primarily it was somebody who understood the talent and the amount of effort and work that goes into it. And also that money really was a restriction. These people, cash flow is a challenge. And so people had outlaid all of this money to design these websites and then continually had to keep outlaying if they wanted to update them because they didn't know how to do it themselves. So I taught myself a couple of platforms that I felt were professional enough 
to portray the right image. And I always used the extension. So it was like the digital extension of their bricks and mortar store. That was what was most important to me. And then I would teach these guys how to update themselves, to take good images, to think about their copy, you know, those sorts of things. So one of those clients actually ended up being Pioneer Australia. So by no means a small business, but they were looking to... The Australian market was very e-commerce driven and their website at the time didn't have the ability to be able to order online. And so they really saw that as a challenge in the Australian marketplace. And so they actually broke away from Pioneer's site and they went out on their own. And I actually developed the Qualitex Australia website. And to this day, it still remains very much the same. It is well and truly due for an update, but I think it's about seven years old now. So Oh, that's quite a journey. Yeah. So I was doing that and I just had a baby and the distributorship changed in my state. And they rang me one day and said, we're looking for a new distributor. Can you think of anybody? And I was like, no, sorry. I've thought about it. I have no idea. And uh, they were like, it's actually you that we would love to distribute for us. So with a 10-month-old baby, my husband and I set up Jazz Trading very quickly. And uh, he has another business that he runs. So we've been operating just over three years. Nice. So where do you serve customers at? Like all over Australia? We do. Primarily our area is Queensland, so the state of Queensland. We do ship across the country, but there are other distributors in those areas. So majority of our customers are just in Queensland. So thank you for sharing this journey of yours. And it's really quite uh, impressive. And I have to say, I personally can so relate to those things that you, you're passionate about, like when you were talking yeah. about the way that your website is kind of like a, an extension of Rick and Mortar business and people need to go into your website and feel like a feeling. There's an experience and there's a lot of attention to the copy, those words that are in there and to the visuals. I thought, hey, here's my sister from another mother. But, ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but these days... As a balloon distributor for over three years, I think, situation is quite hard for your customers. And as a reflection of that, yeah. I imagine it's also hard for you. Mm. Tell me a little bit about what the actuality is. Like, what's the situation in... Sure. Look, um, for us, it started a little sooner than COVID directly in Australia. So we have two large areas in Queensland, one being the Gold Coast where I am, and the other being far north Queensland, so Cairns, that have very high levels of Chinese tourism, very high levels. They not only travel for leisure, they travel for conferences and events and business, and it is a preferred location. Great weather, not too far on plane, all of those things. There's just so many things that are attractive to the Chinese market. And so we actually started to feel the downturn in February, and COVID hadn't hit Australia at that point. So because Australia implemented a Chinese travel ban at that time, and so in February, I was already starting to see that I was 30% down in my sales. Yeah, so we were okay. We were doing fine, but it was tricky. It was starting to get tricky. So unfortunately, then when COVID did make it to our country and restrictions started coming into play, the first part was obviously the size of gatherings and events and I'm sure this is shared, you know, right across the world. But as restrictions came in, cancellations came in for our customers, 
they were having to refund deposits, which was obviously killing their cash flow. And I think we, on our worst week, when we were all just starting to feel our way through the restrictions in Queensland and across the rest of the country, I think we were down 97% on our sales. So the biggest challenge for us was that we were going from a 150 square metre warehouse to a 500 square metre warehouse. So we had decided it was time. We'd outgrown the space. We had worked with the new landlord to fit out a new showroom. And the week before restrictions happened, we moved. So (laughs) yeah, it was a really tough time. We were also starting to branch. We dabbled in this event florals sort of, you know, thing for some time, but we decided that we really wanted to give it a better go. And we, instead of just selling single stems of flowers, the idea was, is that we'd get a florist in, we'd collaborate on designs and we'd actually come up with arrangements that event stylists could either purchase off us or hire off us. And balloon artists could start to branch out into that stuff too, because there's such a massive space out there for these all encompassing events right now. So I'd had this massive shipment of florals. We were moving to a 500 square meter warehouse and it was just like, oh my gosh, what do we do? So in the interest of transparency, and I like to be authentic and honest, I spent two weeks at rock bottom, pretty much just numb, just totally numb. Moved to the warehouse, made sure my girls were okay. At that stage, I think I had a staff of five and then came to terms with the fact that I was going to have to start standing down staff. So we did that to start with before the government assistance package came in because it was all a bit airy-fairy as to how that was all going to work. And yeah, so we went back to basics. It was me back on the floor in the warehouse, picking and packing those orders with two of my longest standing staff on a part-time basis. So yeah. So it must be very, very frustrating to like let people go. And like devastating. They are a part of the family basically. And when they work for you and the, the relationships are formed and you just cannot afford them. And we were on a high. We were moving to this new premises. We had this new flash showroom. We were going to set the world on fire, but yeah, it wasn't to be. So interestingly, in our country and in Queensland, florist sales, so fresh flowers, went, just started to go through the roof because we, they were allowed to deliver, but they were not, <laughs> people were not allowed to come into their retail stores. So we supply balloons to florists. So we saw this trend starting. And we thought, oh my gosh, we have to, we've got to do something with all of this artificial stock that we've got, but we can't compete with our customers, right? Because we've never sold direct to the public. And so then balloon artists started ordering all these foil balloons and we were like, oh my gosh, we've never sold so many foil balloons. What's going on? And the decorators that had always said, oh, you know, I don't, I don't do helium or I don't do bouquets or the twisters that had never inflated a helium balloon before were all going, okay, what can we get? How quickly can we upskill ourselves? We've got to get on this bandwagon with deliveries. There have, I've never seen balloon bouquet deliveries so popular in this country. And, and this is, by the way, uh, not just in Queensland, Australia. It's happening in, in America. It's happening in Israel. It's just yeah. people are locked down in their homes. So they think about yeah. this idea of at least ordering a bouquet of balloons. Because they can't see their loved ones. So at least they feel that they can reach out. And I think it's been, I actually get goosebumps now. You know, I actually think that's been 
a really beautiful part of this whole situation. So then the next part that was interesting for us was that a lot of the fresh flowers that are imported into Australia or that are available in Australia are actually imported and they're flown in. So because international flights were cancelled and air freight was minimal, florists couldn't get roses, couldn't get any fresh roses because they come from South Africa, they come from South America. And so we worked with one of our suppliers that we had done a little bit of artificials with and they just bought in this incredible range of fresh, of roses that they call fresh touch. They're so real and such a good price. So I was like, okay, come on. You got to drag yourself out of this slump. You've spent two weeks wallowing. You got to pivot and you got to turn this around. So whilst the girls were packing plenty of foil balloons out in the warehouse, I tried to create a new job for some of my other staff who I'd had to let go. So I was like, let's get these roses in. Let's get on the phones to these florists and say, you know what? We know you don't love artificial, but we've got a great alternative for you. So that started to move some stock. And we also teamed up with a couple of our customers for Mother's Day and we were making artificial flower bouquets and sending them with some of our balloon customers and also around our local area because we just we had to do something to keep cash flow coming in. What are those roses like? Are they, what are they made of? Well, it's interesting. So there is a, there's a material component, but there's, then there's also a latex component in them. So they have this incredible feel like a real rose. <laughs> And in Australia, it, look, let's say average $2.90 a stem for one of these roses, they were actually coming in comparable with the price of real fresh roses. So we've watched this incredible change within balloon decorators and event stylists. They've adopted fresh, also they've, they've adopted our flowers over fresh. Balloon artists that have never worked with flowers in balloons are now doing it because we've just, yeah, the uptake has been incredible. This is very inspiring and, and uh, quite a pivot. <laughs> it was a big pivot. It was huge. Yeah. Two, so three days, three days, I just sat at home, bunkered down, whole new website, got it out there, ready to go because it was retail and we don't retail. So yeah, Facebook advertising straight away. And that's just how we got instant traction. Wow. <laughs> This is very inspiring. So these days, there are balloon orders coming up mostly for deliveries. Yeah. But in saying that, so restrictions eased in Queensland a couple of months ago, and we really started to feel a bit of normalcy back. People were booking events, decorators were getting jobs for garlands, event stylists were booking parties again. It was looking good. And so we turned the retail off because, you know, I don't want to compete with my customers. It was just something that we had to do at the time, keep my staff in a job, keep the doors open instead of having to close. And so we've turned the retail off and we've just gone back to concentrating now on the wholesale side. That's nice. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about uh, the education side of things. Uh, you've been mm -hmm. involved in, in doing these type of educations locally and i want to know like what are the type of things that you've been teaching balloon people i start right at the beginning so the first class that i offer is mastering the basics it's a day's class to be honest with you it's not a lot of hands-on because as a distributor what i see mostly is that people don't understand product they don't understand equipment and accessories 
and they've found bits and pieces on YouTube and they've tried to put that puzzle together themselves. But if you don't understand the difference between what a 60-centimetre balloon and what a three-foot balloon or a 40-centimetre and a three-foot balloon can do, or you don't understand the impacts that the environment or atmosphere or heat or humidity have on balloons, then you're really not starting off on the right foot. So I offer a full Mastering the Basics one-day class. We cover as much as I can cram in about product, about adhesives, about tools, about equipment, all of those things, just real basic stuff. And that's really, I think, what I'm passionate about is upskilling. We have so many people who wake up one morning and they decide they're going to do balloons. This is me. I'm going to start. Great business. But the amount of those people who actually then last and are my customers three years later, the percentage is small. So I want to try and get them off on the right foot. Pricing. That's the other thing. Pricing. Oh my goodness. If you're not pricing for profit, then you're not going to be here in three years. And my philosophy is that if their businesses don't work, then mine doesn't work. So I need them to work. <laughs> That's so true. So, so true. <laughs> and profits is, is, is hard. And a lot yeah. of people don't understand how to even start with the job cost form. And yeah. it's been something that um, it's so easy to forget all those overheads, those expenditures that you, you're paying when someone needs to fund those activities. Your, I don't know, your rent, your your electricity, mm -hmm. your insurances, oh my God. Or your equipment breakdown. You know, you don't plan for those things. You've got this great inflator that makes your productivity much better. And then your $2,000 piece of equipment breaks. Well, what do you do then? And also like just finding leads is something that sometimes you need to pay for getting the yes. help from a marketing guy or, or a lady or, or just to pay for, for Facebook boosts mm. or for Google ads and... Or for advertisements, exactly. You want to yeah. have all those marketing materials printed. You need mm -hmm. to show them around. There's just a lot. So yeah. I want to ask you though about the balloons themselves uh, for a second, mm -hmm. because one of the things that we find ourselves saying to our customers in in Balloon Artist Podcast in in Balloon Artist College is that in these days people should buy the balloons that they need for their customers and should be mm -hmm. mindful about restocking. Because there's less volume and they want to be making sure that their cash flow is okay. What, what do you think yeah. about it? It's a really tricky situation. And right now, even harder. Because the major challenge I've got today, right here because of COVID, is the availability of stock. So whereas we usually, if we don't have something as a distributor, generally in normal times, we can have it in within one or two business days. Wow. Yeah. And so we have to be careful with our stock holdings and our cash flow, but knowing that it's that quick, we can work with our customers to get them what they need when they need it. Right now, it's not the case. I mean, production lines closed, they reopened, they closed again. We've got air shipments that are being split in half. You know, only half of it's getting on the plane. We've got ports that are still affected. The flow-on effect of COVID, regardless of what's happening to you on the ground right now, is huge. And the challenge we now have is that before where we said, hey, don't use up all your cash flow by holding on to all of this stock. We can be your stockist. We'll work together. Now, the customer, our customers, to start with, very, they would get very frustrated. They were angry. They were stressed. And they take that 
initially out on us because in the past we've been able to provide. But right now we're saying we don't even have an ETA on some things. Wow. We actually don't know when they're coming back. Can you so give us an asking, example of a balloon that is missing that creates such a frustration? Do you know what? I can. It's back now. But the biggest, a really big one during COVID was because gift deliveries were so popular. All of a sudden, every person on every corner wanted a puff and stuff. Okay? Puff and stuff machine. Stuffing balloons. Wow. Well, of course, there's not that many of them in Australia. So, you know, we had to be very careful. But then the problem was the people who did have the machines needed the balloons. 18-inch diamond clear stuffing balloons were out for months. And we're slowly starting to get stock back through. But for instance, 12-centimetre pink or 5-inch pink, 5-inch blue, very standard everyday items. I honestly believe the manufacturers are doing their absolute best. And many of these facilities, production facilities, are in hotspots. So... People just don't understand that when a production line closes, opens, closes again, creates this backlog. And they're saying, well, but these are everyday items. How can you not have five-inch blue? It's like that is the times we're in right now. Yeah. 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 Well, for a balloon artist to have a design he wants to sell and then not have the right colors, it's very frustrating. It's also an opportunity for creativity to kick in. This is... A creative restriction. You only have certain balloons mm-hmm. available either in your stock or available with your distributor. You just need to figure it out, even with double stuffing or with, yeah. with just talking with the customer and telling them that's my options, you know? Yeah. And if I don't, I can't match your color perfectly, then I think that's one thing my team love doing is I got them under the custom color bug a long time ago and they work with our customers to try and work out a solution. Or the other thing is, It's about, I think, also how you communicate that back to your client. So it's like, you know what? We were going to go with the dark blue because that was the closest match to what you were working with. COVID is presenting a few challenges for us right now. However, I've got this fantastic alternative. I've come up with a solution. I think this is going to work really well. And if you sell it to them like that with confidence and positivity, then I think you're going to find that you're going to have less angst from the customer. Totally, totally. Yeah, like I would take that line and just use it as is with my customers. I totally agree. Yeah. Wow. What other type of hurdles did uh, Corona bring to your business, Zoe? We close. So we actually open our warehouse to our customers, so they're able to come in. They can pick their own stock. They can browse foil balloon designs. They can talk to us about equipment. All of those things. We obviously had to close that. So we shut the warehouse to customers. So we offered what we called our drive-through service with a smile. So you could place your order online or you could ring and place an order or you could even stand at the back door and holler if that's what you had to do. But yeah, you could stand at the back roller door and we would uh, either, as long as we were social distancing, your order would be ready there for you to pick up. So that was challenging. That was hard. There was a lot of customers who... Yeah, they want that interaction. They didn't like being shut out of the warehouse. But everybody got used to the new norm and we, in all of our communications, even our email communications that were going out, you know, we tried to make it a positive thing. And that's why it was our driveway, drive-through service with a smile. You don't even have to get out of your car if you don't want to. So that was tricky. Staffing, 
that was that's been really hard when you've got to stand people down that are part of your family and your team. But you know, our government has we have to be grateful for the assistance package that they've put into place. Not all of my staff members qualified for it because they had to have been with me for 12 months or more. But by balloon sales climbing back up, by supplementing with the flowers that we have been doing and putting a big focus on that, I've been able to get everybody back on to the hours that they were on previously. Nice. I have to ask from what you see at the moment, like we're recording this in August of 2020, so we still don't, there's still a lot of instability around Corona. Yes. We have no idea how long it will take, really. But what do you see about like the size of your power base, of your customer base? Like, Did you see people yep. close down? I haven't seen too many close down. I've seen a lot of people downsize, but I haven't actually lost too many customers permanently. We have people who took hiatus for a little while. It's different for me in Queensland. If you think about Victoria at the moment, one of our southern states that has just gone back into stage four lockdown, they're in a really they're in a really horrible situation. Yes. And I was actually talking to a customer yesterday who still has a party shop in Victoria, came up here just before COVID to be with her, her sick mother and decided to stay. So she's now doing balloons in Queensland, plus oh. she's got her team running her store in Victoria. And she said to me from her perspective, she thinks that there's going to be a few people who don't make it, especially down there. It's so hard. So it's, so hard. it's really hard. And, but the other thing is there's a lot of people who, given that they're getting what we call our JobKeeper package, so every week they're getting their wage paid, which when you work for yourself, that's actually that's a change, right? Not all of us take a wage from our businesses. So they're looking at it as an opportunity. They're like, wow, you know, I know how much money I've got coming in every week at the moment. So I'm going to stop busting to get out there and I'm actually going to take the time and work on those things behind the scenes like websites and images and opportunities that they don't get time to do when they're running around all over the countryside. And that is uh, actually generally a good idea if you have the time, if you have this situation where you're going to have less customers anyway because of a lockdown or because of these restrictions of sorts. Mm. You can decide that you are going to survive this if you can, and you, then, then you probably will. And then use the time to educate yourself, to create new designs, to, to mm. build your skills, or to build your website and to work on your marketing. Yeah. Which is my other great love. That's the other yeah. thing I teach. <laughs> <laughs> and the, a topic that, that a lot of people need help with, isn't it? Yeah. Branding, online presence, digital marketing, all those sorts of things. I'm not the person who teaches you how to get you know, another 20,000 likers on Instagram. That's not my area of expertise. But I, what I am really passionate about is branding that shows your true essence you know, has authenticity and, te- and shows your customers why you do what you do and then being consistent with that across everything that you do. So branding isn't just about a logo or a color. It's about consistency and story and then teaching people to be a little bit brave and be authentic on social media. They're the things that I love. <laughs> nice. 
And you do those teachings still, even in the pandemic? Well, the last time that I was able to do that was the Q Corner Convention, which was just amazing. What an experience. Yeah. I've never felt so connected to so many people internationally sitting on a fold-up chair in my showroom with no customers and I just felt part of something bigger and it was an amazing experience. So I was lucky enough to share then. I haven't taught any face-to-face classes since COVID happened, but I have my first Mastering the Basics coming back on next week. We've just limited numbers. Yeah, we've limited numbers so we can be COVID safe. And once I've done those two classes, then I am, I'm going to really, I'm going to get back into it. Wow. Congratulations for that. By the time this will go live, you will be back to teaching and that's very encouraging. And I think, of course, uh, we all need, we all, even no matter how long you've been in this industry, we all need education. It's something that keeps our skills growing. And if your skills are not growing, they're actually diminishing. And and there's yes. so, many, so many things to know and so many things to get better at. So I want to say thank you to you, Zoe, for sharing with you, sharing with us your, your actual struggles. And it's been one big boat uh, in this uh, balloon family. And we all go through this hardship together. We all feel the pain. And we all sometimes need to pivot. And sometimes we need to make sacrifices. And, say, yes. and sometimes we need to go through the storm. and even take the time to mourn, to, to just be in this. Yes. Period. So true. So yeah. true. We, we are like... There the is grief involved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole Definitely. world has lost not just many, many people's lives and many, many people suffering from this disease, but also yeah. so many events that have been yes. rescheduled or cancelled. And those events are like, we are wired as human beings to celebrate. Yes. And it's just very, very hard. People cannot meet their families. People cannot network with each other, cannot meet with each other, cannot hug. Cannot. It's just no. very, very hard. We are wired for love and we are wired for connection. And celebrations are two of the, uh, one of the things that brings those two things together. And they're currently a very big gap in our, in our world society. Yes. So we are going through this together, no matter whether if you are a, a balloon artist or a florist or a distributor, we are all in this situation. And I want to thank you for helping people locally and in general with mastering the skills and with getting their deliveries set up or whatever it is that they can do now. And yes. Thank you for this moment of hope, Zoe Adams Jones. Thank you, Zibi. Um, <laughs> If anyone wants to see a little bit more about what you do and like to learn more about your workshops over there in Queensland, mm-hmm. uh, can you share with us what should people do? Sure. So you can find us on the socials. So Jazz Trading on Facebook and on Instagram. For my personal designs and teaching profile, you can find me on Instagram under zoe.com. And uh, just in case you are driving right now and didn't get all of this, just go to balloonartistpodcast.com as usually. And in the show notes of today's episode, we'll put all the links for uh, your profile so people can go and check it out. Thank you again for taking the time and sharing this with us. Thank you guys for listening for yet another episode of Balloon Artist Podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye.